Good morning, you guys. Good morning. So fun to be here. I'm gonna. I can't stand still. So, um, I I get the privilege today of talking about Barnabas, and many of you probably know him. Some of you don't, but there couldn't be a more fun or exciting man to talk about in the New Testament. Um, just to kind of create a space for you about the value of Barnabas. I was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago, and she was saying, you know, because we're talking about the words and ways of Jesus. If you, if you haven't gotten that by now, the focus of the last year for the River Church has been the words and ways of Jesus. What are the words and ways of Jesus? How do we live out the words and ways of Jesus? And this summer has been all about different characters in the Bible that live out the words and ways of Jesus. So now we're on Barnabas, and we got to pick who we who we teach on. So that was fun for me. But anyway, I'm talking to my friend a couple weeks ago, and you know, we were talking about the role each of us have in the body of Christ. As we live out our relationship with Christ here on earth, what is our role? What, what's your role? What's my role? Do you know your role? In her perception, she views different people like, well, you know, like you teach God's word, and another person like, Kim always shares Jesus with her friends, and another person, like, she has creativity, and she's always creating beauty that people can recognize as God's beauty, and she goes, I feel like my job is just to help people remain in their faith, like, encourage them that, to keep living out their faith, but the way she said it was a little bit diminishing, and I, I came home, and I started thinking about it, and then the next morning I woke up, and I thought, isn't that something? She doesn't think her role is very important. Isn't that something? Because I, I started to think of all the times in my life that I considered or questioned and thought about maybe giving up on my faith. Like, is it worth it? Like, I remember in college when um, the life that UCLA offered seemed greater than Jesus. Or, or I remember when we got married and we had a really hard time adjusting to marriage. And about three or four years in, when we were trying to learn how to get along and live life together, I wanted to give up. And my sister-in-law sat me down and said, That's, you don't want that. Like we need to, we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board, grow, stretch, you can do this. Or I remember when one of my children were sick, was sick and I didn't know if they were going to be healed. And I just thought, God, do you really care? Do you care about me? I'm sure you can think of things in your life where you really question, does God love me? Is this worth it? This loss is so great, I can't recover. And I thought of my friend April, and I thought, you know what? She's the type of person that comes alongside people when they face different circumstances in life and says, it's okay. I'm here for you. We can do this thing. That's the person we're going to talk about today, and his name is Barnabas. So Barnabas was a Cyprian. He was a Levite. He was from an area outside of where most of the converts were, were coming to Christ. And he 
entered the scene, and the apostles affectionately called him son of encouragement. So he was known as the person that came along people in tough times or in questioning times and said, you can do this thing. So let's turn, I want you to turn to Acts 4, and we're going to start in Acts 4, Acts 4, 36 and 37. So in Acts 4, 36 and 37, it says that Barnabas came on the scene. He sold the land that he had in a different country, got the money from that, and brought it to the apostles, everything he owned. You know why? Because he saw what God was doing in Acts. Right before, if you look at earlier in chapter 4, you see that God had showed up in a crazy way in Acts. And all these people were coming to Christ. The apostles were teaching. People were walking away from their old life. They were sharing everything they own. And he said, I'm going to sell my land, and I'm going to give it all I got. Here's the, the proceeds from my land, and I want to use it with what's going on here in Acts. So he was a man that gave it all he got. Number one is he shows up with all he's got. It says, um, Psalm 119 says, Blessed are those that keep his testimonies and seek God with their whole heart. Barnabas was this guy, like, he saw what was happening, and he said, my heart is devoted to this. And how much do we love people that show up with their whole heart? This guy's a role model because he said, this is what I got, and I am devoted. I'm totally all in. At the beach, I talked about Heather, and she's going to be embarrassed that I'm bringing her up here, but she, when you ask Heather to bring cookies to an event, if you've had a, a Heather Hirschberger cookie, you know the cookies are going to be as big as your head. There's more chocolate chips in them than five pounds of chocolate chips, and often they're served warm. It's not that Heather brings cookies to an event. She brings them, and they are out of this world, and we're fighting for them, and they're hot, and they're gooey, and they're amazing. That's how Barnabas was. He brought what he had, and he was all in. And we know that when people show up for us, and they're all in, that is so encouraging, and that's Barnabas. So it says he brought all that he had, he sold his land, and laid it at the apostles' feet. So we see that Barnabas is a wholehearted guy. Secondly, turn to Acts 9, 27 to 28. So most of the passages on Barnabas are in Acts. So you can kind of track them through there. There's a couple in the Gospels too, but mostly in Acts. So in Acts 9, 27 and 28, it says, He took hold of Paul and brought him into the community. He took hold of Paul and brought him into the community. So what do I mean by that? So you guys have heard of Paul, right? He was Saul. He was a crazy man. He persecuted Jews. He killed them. He was absolutely hated by the Jews and a threat to the Jews. Well, one day on the road to Damascus, God reached him and spoke to him, and he had a conversion and devoted his life to faith in Christ, and he became all in as a proponent of the gospel. All he wanted to do with his life was tell people about the gospel and wrote, more than half of the New Testament. So what does it mean that Barnabas took hold of him? Well, the Jews were scared to death of him, and the Gentiles as well. 
And so Barnabas was a trusted man. He took Paul and brought him into the community of faith. And why did he get in the community of faith? Because they trusted Barnabas. Barnabas took a special interest in him and kind of brought him along into the community. What would it look like if everyone in this room found someone on the outside that other people don't see as valuable or with, with a future and brought them into our community? What if we were like Barnabas? We saw people as God saw them before they were that. Barnabas saw Paul before he became the Paul we know. He, he saw something in him, a potential that no one else saw, and they were actually afraid of him. That is something we need to work on, River Church. Seeing people that are on the outskirts, maybe that other people don't see as valuable or don't quite fit in, and try to see people with the potential in the way God sees them, and that's how Barnabas was. So he took hold of Paul, and that taking hold of him, you know, I just picture like arm in arm, locking arms, bringing him into the family of God. Many people that don't see themselves as part of the community or are created and don't view themselves the way God sees them, they ride on the outskirts. We hear the stories all the time as staff, you guys, and they're not invited in to the community of God. We learn from Barnabas. This is something we can grow in as we invite people into the community of God. We take hold of them. And then if we turn to, and I, and I just want you to think personally, who do you know that needs to be part of the family that maybe even others are hesitant about? Who do you know? Just think about it. Your neighborhood, someone you swim with, someone you go to yoga with. Just think about it. Who might God be asking you to become, to invite, to be part of the family of God? And then thirdly, Acts 11, 22 to 26. Okay, this is, I'm going to read the whole verse because I just, I just love, um, love this verse. It says, then when he arrived, he witnessed the grace of God. He rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord, for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. So number three is that when he arrived, he took note of grace. Think about people in your life that they arrive on the scene, they're in relationship with you, or you go places with them, or you go to settings with them, and they are just grace spotters. Grace spotters. Don't grace spotters give so much life to you as a person? They just see things and they smell things that, rec that resemble or that are the grace of God. What do I mean by the grace of God? The grace of God, we go back to, is what Jesus, the love of God, and the sacrifice of his son, and what he did on the cross for us because he loves us so much. So when Barnabas arrived on the scene in Antioch, he looked around and he's like, oh my gosh, 
That's God's work right there. That's God's love. That person is so loved by God. Jesus died for him, and he knows it. Look at that. Look at, look at what God's done here. That's the grace of God. And more and more as we recognize moments of grace in our life and moments of grace in the different settings we're with or grace in the lives of people around us, grace unlocks, truly unlocks the transformation of the heart. When we understand grace, when we bathe ourselves in grace, when we know we were given what we don't deserve, when we know how much God loves us, when we just soak that up, not like invite God to do that with us or be with God or just like these little acts we do to connect with God. They're all good. But when we really know that we know deep down, we sponge it up. And like the sponge isn't just wetted, but it's soaking wet. When that grace falls upon us and when we soak in the grace and love of God, and his work on the cross, that's when our heart goes nuts. That's when in Acts 4, when it says that he arrived on the scene and he brought everything he had and he sold everything and gave the money, grace was happening there and grace was being preached there. And Jesus, what he did on the cross, was being shared everywhere. And people were getting soaked in it. And as they were soaked in the love and grace of God, everything started changing. People started sharing stuff. People started talking about it. People started loving one another, forgiving one another, and the grace of God changed lives. Can you imagine if that happens within our community and then we start living that out to this world? That's what happened. The grace of God Barnabas saw, and he spotted it, and we need more people that can spot grace rather than spotting judgment or spotting a critical spirit or spotting the, all the negativity in life right now. Just people that spot grace. It's like our eyes have been given lenses to see the grace of God. And when I'm around people that speak of the grace of God or just live loved by God and like they just know it, it's so refreshing, and that's how Barnabas was. He spotted grace. He arrived. He witnessed the grace of God. And the other thing, you guys, is when someone knows grace, when they know that Jesus died for them and that, that God loves them so much, that's when transformation happens, and that's when the things of God start becoming true in their life. When I knew that I knew that God loved me, it changed everything. I knew about God for a long time. Sunday school, church, different things. But when I really absorbed the fact that God loved me, all my weird stuff, all my weaknesses, all my failures, all my strengths, everything, that God loved me, that's what changes everything. And Barnabas, he saw the grace, and then he knew because God's grace was in them, they were going to become who God created them to be. We look at people and go, we hate that. 
Why do they do that? Ooh, ek, you look at me and think the same. But Barnabas was saying, I see God in them. They're on a path. They're becoming who God created them to be. It's messy. We mess up. But he knew because of the grace of God what was seated, what dwelt, dwelt, Christ dwelled within them, that they were becoming who God wanted them to be. That's the vision he had. We have short vision. God has long vision. So he arrived. He spotted grace. He saw it. And we need more grace spotters in our life, don't we? We need more grace spotters in our community. They just eye it. You know, I talk a lot about my grandkids, and my oldest grandkid is in love with Hot Wheels. He's obsessed. And I don't care where you are or where. We could be in the library, and I could put a Hot Wheel behind the guitar. He'd find it. We were up in the mountains one day, and some kid from the owner prior to us left his Hot Wheel out under this big red, like, not a redwood tree, but like a pine tree in this crack. And Todd and I had seen it, like, and we just never touched it or anything. He came up there. He's like, look what I found, a Hot Wheel. It's like it was in the dirt down at the base of the tree. No one's paid attention to it for three years. But he spotted the Hot Wheel. That's what Barnabas does with grace. He spots the grace. And when we know grace, because grace is Christ in us, we grow and we flourish. And that's what he did for people. It says in Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. So we have to be like megaphone talking to the world about the grace of God. If we don't know the grace of God, if people around us don't know the grace of God, all they're hearing about is religion. Religion, list of do's and don'ts, obligations. But when you talk about the living, sacrificial grace of God, that is nothing but compelling. So, so Barnabas was a big spotter of grace. And then lastly, if you continue on in that Acts uh, 22 to 26, 11, 22 to 26, and look at it, you guys, it's a loaded verse, Acts verses, Acts 11, 22 to 26. He encouraged them. He says, it says, with a resolute heart, he encouraged them to remain in the Lord. And that's kind of going back to the beginning of the message where I talked about what often causes us not to remain in the Lord, just to kind of wander off. Or just to, for me, I'm more like lay down, like I can't go. I, I'm out of gas. I, I don't have what it takes to remain. So I don't know what it is for you, but Barnabas was such an awesome guy because he says he encouraged them to remain in the Lord. This was his job. He spotted grace. He encouraged them to remain in the Lord. That's all he was about, remaining in the Lord. So we have these things. We saw this evidence of mice, like little droppings. And so we're like, okay, we got to do something about that. So someone told us, put an M&M on a sticky trap. Have you guys ever used a sticky trap? Raise your hand. No? Let me tell you, you've never seen something so sticky in all your life. And what happens is when you put them out, 
and you forget about them and you step in it, you're just kind of like, like, and then you try to pull it off and you can't. It is like, just, it's like a vortex. It just grabs you and holds you. And that's what it does with the mice. But I think this reminded me of Barnabas because what he did, and it was his job as just a person in the faith, is he brought people back to Jesus, which was like the sticky trap, so that they wouldn't wander off or fall down or go, but remember, back to the grace of Christ. Stick there. If you stick there, then you're going to be able to walk in freedom and love and the way God designed you to live. But you have to stay attached to Jesus. And I feel like Jesus is our sticky trap. Now, with mice, we, don't li- we love the trap because it captures the mice. With Jesus, unless we have our foot on the, on the sticky trap, on Jesus and his heart, we just start to live out religion. We just start to live out our faith on our own ability or just in measures. But when we're stuck to that trap, we just go deeper and deeper knowing the love of Jesus, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, Remembering God gives us what we don't deserve, grace and love, we just start like growing because that comes from a place that creates the supernatural. It creates Jesus in us. It says Jesus dwells in us. So we need people that encourage others to remain in the Lord. And that was Barnabas. This kind of gift Barnabas had is called like the gift of encouragement or exhortation. And what it means is you come alongside people and you give them strength they couldn't get on their own. The Holy Spirit, the the same word that's used for encourager or exhortation, paraclete, is, is also used for the Holy Spirit. So it's the ability to come alongside, come under, partner with, and impart what you can't manifest on your own. And that's the gift that Barnabas had. He came alongside others and imparted strength and a strength that they couldn't manifest on their own. He was gifted at it. So we learn it is a gift that he has. We don't all have that gift, but we still know he lived out the words and ways of Jesus, and he's a model for us, of someone who had Christ-like qualities, which is coming alongside others, giving them strength that they may not have. And then, if you go back to that, those verses in 11, 22 to 26, we see that the word of God and the gospel spread like wildfire. The community grew large and strong in the master, it says. This community of faith literally blew up because of what was happening among the saints. Can you imagine if we became more Barnabas-ish and came alongside each other and gave each other strength when we didn't have it? Can you imagine when people stand up because they need encouragement 
And a Barnabas person came alongside them and said, you can stand. I'm with you. We can get through this together. You know, last, uh, yesterday, I was over at my friend um, John and Lori Ayubes, and we were talking, and as we were talking, they were talking about how that morning a military helicopter had come into their neighborhood unannounced, a big military helicopter, not a small one. I understand it's called a Puma. And it came into their neighborhood and landed on a grass plot right in front of their house. And it was, it's like Manser Field or Manser Field over off Hawthorne. And all the neighbors came out. It was crazy, they said, because there was wind and noise and like, you know, just huge helicopter. And they said it was so amazing because everyone came out of their house, people from Mason Gate and the neighborhood, you know, the neighboring areas, and everyone was looking at this helicopter and just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Loved it. And then a couple neighbors were kind of like, hey, we should have a neighborhood gathering. We haven't been together in so long. I'm going to hold a barbecue. Here, sign, sign your name so I can contact you. And so then they started like recruiting for this barbecue they're going to have. So I'm like, whoa, that sounds awesome. And they were kind of excited because like, we haven't met all our neighbors. So it was kind of cool. Well, we're talking a little bit longer, and I go out to my car, and guess what happens? The helicopter turns, turns itself on. Well, it didn't turn itself on, but whatever. They, you know, <laughs> it was going to start flying again. So the propellers start going, and I'm like, let's go over, and I want to videotape it so I could show it to my grandkids. And so we go over, and we, we videotape the whole thing, and sure enough, the neighbors start coming out, and little kids, and everybody started coming around this helicopter. And it was, I'm like, is this wind all from the propeller, and, or from the, is that what it's called, propeller up there? Yeah, that's from the helicopter. Oh, and it's just like you're kind of holding your hair, you know, because it's super windy, super loud, and it's super cool. And I thought, whoa, this is such an amazing picture. If the grace of God was among us, and we began encouraging each other like Barnabas, we began spotting grace, we began encouraging each other to remain and we started doing that in our community and everyone heard about it and the noise we make is of love and grace and everybody comes and then they go invite their friends and more people come and God's grace is just spreading all over our community what would it be like if we were like the like Jesus was the puma helicopter and we were the messengers of grace and encouragement and life and love. Wouldn't that be so cool? So cool. And we decide to have a neighborhood barbecue. And then we get to invite our friends. And then we get to invite more friends. And we grow out of the library. And we have to start another location because all those people in the neighborhood in the beach cities are hearing about Jesus. And they want to join too. That's what I'm living for, you guys. I want our community to know about Jesus. And as we step into encouraging and sharing the love and grace of God, that is what's going to happen. 
it's going to spread like wildfire. It did in Acts, and it can today. So I'm going to encourage you right now. I'm going to have you take a little step of faith. Sorry, I'm getting a little passionate, but this is what I dream about. And I know many of you do too. The world is lost without Jesus. The world is looking for people that offer grace and love. And many of you are the messengers, you guys. There's a lot of Barnabases in this room. There's also a lot of people that need to be encouraged. They need strength to carry on. Because if they do, they're going to be a messenger too. And we all get in those places where we think we can't go on. Many of you I know, and you know I've been in that place, and you have too. And it feels like we're never going to get back up. But then, because of each other, we do. Right? And we continue on, and we keep living out our faith. So I'm going to have two categories, and you don't participate if you're, like, all worked up and you got yourself in a wad. But <laughs> if you need encouragement today, I want you to stand up. Just if you feel like you are having a hard time remaining or you're doubting or you're discouraged, I just want you to stand up. I'm not going to talk to you, but I just, I want people to know that you need encouragement, okay? I'm going to give you time, no pressure. I know there's a lot of people here that need encouragement that may not stand up, and that's okay. But if you are in a place where you just need a Barnabas to come along right today, then stand up. And then... I want some, yeah, go ahead, Sherry. Yeah. Then um, what I want to do with the second half of you is if you're a Barnabas and you know it, and I don't want you to go like, this is, you know, I don't want to stand up and be all like, I'm a Barnabas. It's not like that. If God has made you like a Barnabas, own it. He makes us all differently and gives us all gifts. So if you're a Barnabas, I want you to stand up. You know it. You love coming alongside people and making them strong. So if you're a Barnabas, I want you to stand up. If you're in a place where you need encouragement, I want you to stand up. Okay, will some of those Barnabases go to the people that need encouragement? Who needs encouragement? Raise your hand. Okay, we got three back here. Barnabases, go. Okay, outside, I can't see you, so you're going to have to manage yourselves. Okay. The other, and I'm going to pray, um, but, and you guys, you could pray for the people that need encouragement. Anybody else need encouragement? Raise your hand. We got some Barnabases in the house walking in. Stand up if you want encouragement. Okay. Now, some of you might quietly be sitting there going, I boy, do I need a Barnabas, but if you think I'm going to stand up, that's, you're crazy. I just encourage you, get, ask someone or tell someone you need encouragement. You need someone to strengthen you. You need someone to come alongside, and just do that this week. And if you're a Barnabas and you don't want to stand up, you know, we kind of started with this stand-up thing, and we're going with it, guys, so if you don't like it, 
I don't know. But this is a time, this is family. And when we meet as a family, we need to do what we're talking about. So we're going to be doing this kind of thing a lot. But if you're a Barnabas, but you don't want to stand up, just know this week, try to find someone that you can strengthen, that you can come alongside, that you can fortify, okay? That's kind of our, our mission. So just um, let me pray, and then I'll just make one last comment. God, thank you for this precious man, Barnabas. Such a cool guy. He goes around, he encourages people, he strengthens people, he spots grace. What an awesome man, God. He was Paul's partner. He was humble. He was full of the Holy Spirit, generous. Kind of a long list, God. But we just love to see the way he came alongside other people. He's so inspiring. And God, in this season of our life, whether it's one where we need encouragement, which we all do, or if it's one where we just have a lot to give and we want to strengthen one another, I pray that we would step up, God, and step into the opportunities around us. I pray that your love and grace, God, would spread among us in a powerful way we would be like the puma, God. You would be the puma helicopter that just makes your grace and love known among us in such a way that creates wind and noise and love and beauty and grace, and it attracts people to you, God. We pray that we'd meditate on this passage over and over again as we see the character of Barnabas, and God, we would own the part that is ours that we would come together, God, and create things that bring you great glory and honor. And we know this is because the power of your Holy Spirit and that it is Christ in us, not our own. So we just pray for great and mighty works, God, among us and through us to our community and with each other, that you would be exalted God, that people would hear about your love and they would come to you and know you and be transformed because you are in them one day through faith. And God, the people that need encouraged today, I pray that this is a moment where they are strengthened and loved. And thank you for the Barnabases among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amanda's going to come up and close us right now uh, with some worship. But I hope you Barnabases and people can connect with each other.
all stand together. And those that are praying, just continue to pray as we jump into worship.
this morning, Lord, we don't only sing that, but we believe it. And we place all of our trust in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you every place in our hearts and our souls and our spirits, God. We surrender to you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are powerful and that you always show up. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you for inhabiting the praises of your people this morning. In Jesus' name. That's it. Have a great week. See you guys next week.